for all of those who are listening, thank you for tuning in. This is GGR Pirate Radio. We are going to do our badass new intro. Because I, th- I feel like ass, if we're going to say a bad word, we can get away with ass. Right, Steve? Yeah, that's that, that shouldn't be bothersome to anyone. Yeah, like on the on the Mary Ellen scale of appropriate, I feel like she would like make a face at us, but she wouldn't get mad and turn off the, the, the podcast, right? That's probably accurate. Okay. All right. And I feel like we need to get a sound effect for that too, like the Mary Ellen detector of curse words. It's like ass and it's like ding 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 approved. Like if you say a bad one, it's just like a the sad slide whistle. Womp. <laughs> or like the 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 sad trombone womp 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 <laughs> or just the the Ooh. the losing prices right music bum 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 ooh sorry can't say that word but thanks for trying you'll get a you'll get a waffle iron in the mail from the prices right all right um let's go ahead and get started here we got all sorts of cool stuff to talk about um but the first thing that i wanted to mention is this Again, this badass intro that we did, uh, because I have fallen into what the, no, what the no, kids not, like to say. Not we. Not we. This is all you. Don't. All no. That, that was all oh, Lunsford. Credit where credit's due. Yeah. He put well, this thing together, you. and you have no one to thank but this guy for when you're crying listening to the beginning of this podcast. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Hopefully, it's tears of joy and not like, why am I listening to this? Why haven't I hit and stop yet? Like, you know, that sort of thing. But uh, <laughs> here's our new intro. Hope you enjoy. Uh, after the intro, we'll get started with uh, tonight's episode of GGR Pirate Radio. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns uh. are for jerks. <laughs> this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists, you throw them in jail, everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, you're back on the streets doing the yeah. same damn thing. So you just put him in the morgue. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, mother. The great pirate wobbler is here for you. Pain heals. Chicks dig scars. Glory lasts forever. If you will not turn to the dark side, then perhaps she will. What's in the box? Dylan! You son of a. This is called Pirate Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to GGR Pirate Radio. My name is Mike Lunsford, and alongside with me in this audio sarcophony of deliciousness, I have uh, the wonderful and talented Mr. Steve Monick. Hello. We are going to be talking about the Super Bowl, because that is coming up in about two weeks, uh, but we're also going to kind of do a recap of this year's uh, NFL season. Uh, we're also going to talk about... What is still, I think, arguably the, the biggest movie that's come out um, in the last six months by far, and that's going to be Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Uh, we're going to talk about um, some things that we're watching on TV. It's going to be just kind of us going back to our 
our roots of a little bit of nerd, a little bit of sports and it, it all being a lot of fun. So the funny thing about this Super Bowl, Steve, is I, I feel like it's 2003 all over again. Yeah, it's it's kind of a repeat, but it's it's really interesting because I, I it's I never thought when you if you told me when I was 12 years old when the Washington football franchise was horrible. I mean, horrible. Like Heath Schuler was the quarterback, Norv Turner was the coach. They were 4 and 12. They were just absolutely dreadful. And I was desperate for good football, so I started following what a lot a team that a lot of my relatives liked and that was the New England Patriots. If you had told me back then that the Patriots would become a dynasty and that would they would play in a record what is it, 10th Super Bowl this year? Yeah, they're playing in their 10th Super Bowl more than any other team. I, I would I never would have believed you. I never would have even thought it was possible. But yet here we are. And it's people can say whatever they want about about the Patriots and and they do. Oh, do they ever? And, and everybody does. And everybody does. But like, I feel like it doesn't matter who you are. Like, when you're the when you're the the top of the top of the heap, people are going to come gunning for you, and they're gonna throw every barb that they possibly have, and every single thing that you possibly have done wrong is going to be amplified to the millionth degree, and it, you're never going to hear the end of it. But like, well, that's where I mean, like, what's the, the, what, as yeah. soon as that that AFC Championship game was over, everyone's like, oh, the fix is in. The, the fix is in. Yeah. The NFL wanted to win. Do you see the officiating in that game? The fix is in. I'm like, I cannot take this anymore. Like, I'm not yeah. a Patriots fan. Like, I'm not. Like, my brother is. Yeah. I, I'm very familiar with the team. I'm familiar with most NFL teams being a fantasy football player. Um, uh, but I'm a diehard Steelers fan. Like, I wanted the Steelers to win. And the Patriots um, are always a huge roadblock to the Steelers winning. But you have to recognize when a team is just better than you. And that's what it is. And all these things, especially people in this area, what it comes down to anytime they go, oh, Spygate. I'm like, oh, so some sort of rules violation that happened in 2001. That's why they just won this game. Oh, because there's a pass interference call in the first half of that game. That's the reason they won this year. You know, like they just all the crap that people bring up and everything. And it's, yeah, you don't like them. Like you might have qualms with personality or the way they do things but what it boils down to is you're just tired of them beating your team i mean when you when you've gone to 19 percent of every super bowl that's ever been played and you have won what six of them you know they're they're I'm, in five they're right five now, now. They they're, they're probably going to win this yeah. one i mean they're going to have as many yeah. as their, their franchise will tie us the steelers for yeah. a little number of, of team super bowls and yep. Brady himself will have six of them, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, w- I want the Steelers to be the best franchise in NFL history. Like, I don't want the Patriots to do as well as them. But I'm not going to deny that they're good. I don't like LeBron James either. I think he can be kind of arrogant, and I think he's very all about him. But I don't in any way deny that he is the best player in the NBA right now. Like, he has more skills than anyone else, and you don't have to like someone yeah. to at the same time admit that, that like. They're just better than everyone else. And it just, that's the way it is. That's reality. It kind of puts me off a lot too when people just immediately go to the, well, the Patriots are cheaters or, oh, Brady is this or Brady is that. Like it's, it just automatically discounts really a lot of what they have to say. And it's, it's very off-putting to me to have a conversation about football 
and that's where people go with this. It's the party and line to not think. It's a, to not think. Like it's yeah. it's a quick, easy excuse for why your team didn't do as well, and you have no yeah. evidence or or reasoning to back up your claim. But it's easy yeah. to throw it out. No, nope, cheaters. I don't have to. I don't have conversations over cheaters. Cheater, cheater, cheaters. It's yeah. like okay, yeah. and, and like I actually ended up, I ended up getting into a Facebook argument last year during like right before the Super Bowl when they were talking about um, the. Uh, the Patriots and the Falcons, and like it was somebody who's not even into football. Like they don't follow football at all, and they put on their Facebook page um, a picture of like the deflated footballs or something like that. And they were like, uh, "Here's Tom Brady preparing for the Super Bowl," and I was just like, "You don't even know what you're talking about." I was like, <laughs> "You just mentioned that you don't like football, but you're gonna sit there and you're gonna, oh, I'm not really a a football person, but uh, I'm going to make a joke about deflated footballs. <laughs> and I'm like, first off, that's not how it happened. Secondly, they couldn't prove that this actually happened. Thirdly, the equipment they were using to gauge the pressure of the football was inaccurate at best. I was like, so you're just going to believe whatever you hear? And the person was like, it's just a joke, lighten up. And I was like, I know you're a huge soccer fan. If I went in on you about how Hope Solo uh, got arrested for this thing without knowing all the facts, you would lose your mind. Yeah, and the person was just like, "Just lighten up, man!" And I was like, "You know, what? just yeah, forget it. Just come out of here." Like I was, it made me so, it made me so freaking mad just because, like, like you said, you know, everybody uses that as an easy crutch, and it's it, it got old. It got really old really fast. And well, and what it comes down to, so the you, exact same thing happens um, with the deflated footballs, and it's the Houston Texans. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody gives a crap yeah. because the Texans have never even been to a Super Bowl, let alone won one, um, let alone yeah. won almost a record-breaking number of them, um, and don't yeah. have a, a less than charming or personable quarterback. I mean, that that's Brady's biggest thing is that like he just comes off as standoffish, and, and Belichick a thousand times more than that. Oh yeah. And people well, just like, don't like the worst part about it, Well, the worst part about it, too, is they're like, oh, well, Tom Brady is standoffish, but he's a consummate competitor. That's what everybody says that plays with him. Like, you've never heard anybody come out and say, like, look, we'll use uh, Martellus Bennett, a perfect example, because he was with the Patriots, he left to go to the Packers, and then came back to the Patriots. You never heard him once when he was in Green Bay saying, oh, Brady's a punk, or oh, he's a crybaby, or he's this, or he's that. Anybody who has left that team, you don't hear that from them. Like, nobody talks trash about him once they leave. And this is a league that that's all they do. That's all people do is talk trash about each other. So, like, what does that say? You know, when your peers don't have anything bad to say about you, where on the flip side, you know, everybody's favorite, you know, uh, pro football family, the Mannings, people have said plenty of bad stuff about Peyton Manning. And, like, you just don't see the same thing coming out with Brady. And, like... Again, I've said this before. I wrote this in an article in GGR years ago. I said that like people can can knock Brady all they want, but to me, he's still this like fiery competitor, this young skinny kid from from the University of Michigan who came in to back up Drew Bledsoe and happened to lead them to a Super Bowl, and they and they friggin' won. Like that's always going to be in my head. And he went from being like a backup who just had this this fiery passion to win to arguably the greatest quarterback of our time. I think it's impressive that he even like cares about winning Super Bowls anymore. Like how is it not an old bag for him at this point? I mean, yeah. he's, he's won five of them. Like how is it even a thing anymore? 
But you're talking about like trash talking and airing dirty laundry and that kind of stuff. That's a nice little segue for some very serious complaints I have about the Steelers season this year. And it had nothing to do with on the field performance. That's actually, and that's going to work out perfectly too, because um, as I mentioned to you before we got started, I, uh, I'm writing an article on rockdeeprogradio.com right now, and it'll be up by the time this podcast come out about like the recap of the football season. And that's one of the biggest gripes that I had is that like people still trash talk, but it's like, it's way worse than it used to be. And it's not like there, there's a certain level of disrespect that I'm seeing come from fans that I feel like ne- was never there before that I feel like needs to be addressed because it's, it's ruining this sport. I think it's ruining a lot of them. Yeah, I do. I do too. Um, I want to, I want to hear this from you though, because that it's even with the in, even with the internet where you can get access to any team's information, any team's like sports reporters on a regular basis, there's still a certain like locality when it comes to sports like as a certain certain regionalization to it. Like we get inundated with everything DC because I'm in the DC metro area and that's what's on the radio. Right. That's what's on TV. Um, I don't know that much about the Steelers season, but I just I heard inklings of, of some pretty nasty stuff. And like the worst part about it is, is this team was thirteen and three. So give give me a little insight, Steve. What what actually happened with this team this year? Well that that's the thing. So I mean, it just and I, I think it comes to the coaching, right? It comes to Tomlin. And I love Tomlin. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a great coach for our team. And there was a lot of people, when, as soon as we lost the Jaguars, people are like, get rid of them. Get rid of them. We're done with them. Fire them. Yeah. And we ended up getting rid of Todd Haley, our offensive coordinator. And I'm thinking, all right, yeah. so you let up 45 points. And some of the coaching decisions on offense, sure, there were like two or three poor calls, you know, like, that crack toss on fourth down instead of doing a quarterback sneak, that kind of stuff. It wasn't perfect, but the dude, his offense is the third best offense in the league. And they put up 42 on one of the best defenses in the league, but he's the one who gets fired. Yeah. I don't get that. Um, And I always feel like our problem, our problem is our, it's all between the ears. We have the talent to beat any team. We can beat the Patriots. We can beat the Jaguars. We could have beaten any team in that playoffs. I promise you. We had the skills to do it. It's all between the ears. And what it comes down to is, for me, um, I always believe there's three pillars of of coach responsibility. And the the stronger those pillars are, the better that coach is. So the first one is recognizing talent and recognizing like what skills particular players have and maximizing those skills. So that's one. Number two is crafting a game plan that best utilizes all of the skills of all the players that you have. So knowing like, Hey, I have a quarterback that can sling it, or I have a quarterback that can run developing your game plan off of that. But then the third one is motivating and unifying the team, which makes them more like than the sum of their parts. And that's the third one. So I feel like the best coaches, the more they can do of those three pillars, the better they are. And I feel like Tomlin is a, is a, is a tripod that's missing one one limb. He, he that motivating and unifying factor isn't there. He puts a good game plan together, like that offense is humming. Um, he gets the best yeah. of his players. I mean, if you see some of the numbers that like Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and Ben put up, you know, the, these things work really well together. But this whole motivating it's it is a it is a collection of individuals. It is not a team. 
And that's where we're falling short. And even though we were 13 and three, you end up seeing a lot of the end of the, some of these games. Like we were very close to the Browns who, who are the first overall pick. We barely beat the Colts. We lost to the bears. Like there's these teams, we, we play their competition and it's because we don't have that thing where we are a team and we just know we as a unit are going to go out and kick their butts. And that's what Belichick and the Patriots do better than anyone else. They have that confidence where the game's already won before they step on the field in their heads. They know that game is theirs. And it's because they're yeah. a unit and they're all bought in. And I'm not saying it has to be the whole rah-rah thing where it's, you know, you're getting all fired up and, and everything like that. Like, I think Belichick does it through more of logic and, you know, that kind of stuff. He's not getting them fired up. He's never going to give that motivating Lombardi halftime speech. I feel like he's more the guy who's like, you know, gets everyone bought in and they all buy into the system, but that makes them a team unit and they just know they're going to go out and do it. And we're missing that. And, and you like, you know, there was the game, I think it was the bears. No, it was the Ravens game. Like Ben missed uh, Brown on a wide open throw. And on the sideline, he's throwing the cooler and freaking out. Um, Le'Veon Bell held out all off season. And then the last walk through before the game with the Jaguars, he didn't show up until the last five minutes of the practice. Uh, there were three or four different occasions where Big Ben was talking about like the the drama and politics and all that stuff that were happening internally in the locker room. So when that kind of stuff's happening, it just tells us, the fans, the, the observers, oh, so you're just a bunch of guys that are on the same team wearing the same uniform. You're not a team. Yeah, and like that's – it's interesting you say that too because that's that's oftentimes the – the lament we hear from DC sports teams is like the Capitals, for instance. Oh, they're they're a great team and they've got all these parts, but they don't have what it takes in the in the realm of having a coach that can motivate them to the next level or having. There's always something missing because, like as you've seen, I mean, and you guys have reaped the benefits of this. You know, Pittsburgh's beaten them twice in the uh, second round of the playoffs, two years in a row, and it's. And these were stacked teams too. Like this is this is a Caps team that should have gone on, and didn't for whatever reason it, it may be. And yeah, I mean, I I totally can understand that, and that makes a lot of sense too. Because oftentimes, like look at um, look at the difference between the Saints and the Vikings this year, and that game. I mean, that wasn't who was the better coach in that game. Yeah, that, was it I, was it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that that had nothing to do with who was the better better team yeah that was just two great teams battling it out and coming down to a bit like the, the the last two minutes of that game was some of the best football i've seen in years yeah it was yeah and like perfect tie into this what happened to and i'm pulling i'm pulling it up right now i want to say it was uh, marcus williams yeah marcus williams <sighs> okay so if you haven't seen it i mean it's it, it's probably the, one of the biggest YouTube things out there right now you, you guys can see is with like just seconds left to play uh, Minnesota throw um, Case Keenum throws kind of like a uh, to the sidelines pass to Stefan Diggs in hopes that he's going to catch it and then get out of bounds yeah because they're down so by they they're they're down by like a point I think they're, either t- yeah a point they're really t- playing it was, for it, a field goal. Goal. they don't care about the touchdown they're playing yeah. for a field goal exactly and Diggs catches the pass, and Marcus Williams goes to make the tackle, but tries to go low to get 
digs his legs out from under him. I mean, essentially to keep him in bounds, like so that the clock has to keep running. He misses the tackle, and Stefan Diggs has an unabated path to the to the end zone and scores a touchdown. I mean, it was incredible to watch if you didn't have a rooting interest in any of these teams. But what happened after this is some of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life. And his Twitter account and his Instagram account are filled with just ugly, horrible, racist things, calling him all sorts of names, people telling him that they wish he would die, saying that, oh, I hope your your girlfriend ends up getting impregnated by a male stripper. I mean, like, just awful, awful things over a game. And this That's a really a kid, weird, yeah, that's a weird insult. Yeah, that's a weird yeah, it really is. But like Marcus Williams is 21 years he's a old. He's a kid. This is a kid. He's a kid. And like the worst part about it is, is I guarantee you these same guys that were saying this horrible stuff to him on social media were the same ones who were screaming his name and saying how great he was when he picked off Matt Ryan two times a few weeks ago in the regular season. Yeah. So Bad like, idiots who've never played the game before. Yeah, and like they people were deleting him off of their um off of their um Madden rosters <laughs> because he missed one tackle. One missed tackle. You know? And yeah. like I, it, I don't know. It, it's it's the it's the convergence of social media and toxic fandom. And and what I mean by toxic fandom, because let me tie this in with the Super Bowl too, because I got a freaking great one for this. So you got things like that happening, right? Like, when I thought of Saints fans, I thought of loyal, diehard fans who had stuck with this team for decades because they sucked forever. Yeah. They, did not, they did not get good until recently. Like, the further last, like, further I, proof, just having a Manning doesn't make you instantly good, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, the, the, pro, the, um, the paterfamilias of that family. Um, Archie Manning was was the Saints quarterback for years, and he was horrible. Um, I mean, he was on a horrible team. He was good, but his team stunk. But it doesn't matter because the Saints were never that good. They had made the playoffs like something like five times in like 30 years. And then they get Drew Brees. They get um, Sean Payton. They get a decent core of players, and they make the Super Bowl, and they win. And like they made the playoffs the year before that too. So like they've made the playoffs like more times in the last decade than they ever made in like their entire history. So, like, these Saints fans that are acting like, okay, let's be honest, okay? They're acting like Alabama college football fans, okay? They're acting like like New York Yankees fans who demand success. And, like, if it's not a championship, it's a failed season for them. Like, I got news for you, Saints fans. You don't have the right to do that yet. Like, you haven't been good enough long enough to really have that kind of attitude. Really, no sports fan should. But y'all haven't been good enough long enough to really act like that. Um, I feel like, too, like, like um, yeah. the the team themselves, as a motivator yeah. and and you know as a goal to them, it's fair to push themselves and say if it's not a if it's not a ring, it's a failure. That's fair. I don't care who you are. Like every team starting the season has the potential for a championship. How, however yeah. slim, you know. I mean, injuries happen. Crazy insanity happens. That's why you play the games. Um, but yeah, for a fan to to say that they they have the right, it's like you're a fan, you're a spectator, you're not participating, other than as an observer. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things too, where like, and you've done it, and I've done it because it's just it's old hat, and, and most fans do it. But like, when fans refer to the team that they like as we, it kind of makes my skin crawl a little. Oh, bit, I, I, even did, though I probably it. did it a bunch of times yeah. when I was explaining the Steelers' season this year. Yeah. 
yeah and it's and it's fine like because we take ownership in this thing that we love so much but like what i'm saying is is like you're gonna sit there and you're gonna say you know we this we that but then you're gonna say that somebody deserves to die or that somebody deserves to lose their job over one small mistake yes okay it cost you the game but it's a game this is something that we played as kids and that we all dreamed that we might be able to do as millionaires one day but like it still doesn't give you the right to treat people like that and like it's just a general disrespect and here's how it ties into the super bowl You've got quite possibly two of the most hated teams right now in, in, in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl, in Philly and in New England. Now, the cities themselves have a pretty nasty track record when it comes to fandom. Like, there's a certain amount of, of respect you have for Philly fans because they're so diehard. But at the same <laughs> time, like too. the nth degree. <laughs> yeah. This this is the same this is the same group of fans who are um, who have projectile vomited on opposing teams' fans. Uh, mind you, this was an eight year old girl who they uh, forcibly projectile vomited on. Um, they threw batteries at former players. They chucked snowballs at Santa Claus. Um, when Michael Irvin hit his head on the uh, and, and I'm putting air quotes around this the turf at Veteran Stadium, which was essentially just like concrete with a thin layer of uh, of carpet looking um, or uh, grass looking carpet. Uh, when he was paralyzed for a few moments, they were standing and cheering. So these are not the most compassionate people in the world, okay? So their fans get a pretty bad track record, but not only that, their fans travel well. They go everywhere. Like, I was at a Washington game two years ago when they played the Eagles, and we were sitting near a ton of Eagles fans, and they're just loud and obnoxious, and they got a, a really stupid accent. And like, it's just like, it's a lot of things like that. And the funny thing is, is I absolutely love the city of Philadelphia. A lot of my mom's family is from there. But like, also on the flip side, I don't know if you knew this about Boston or not, Steve, but Boston has a really nasty track record of being super racist when it comes to sports. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Yeah. So like, did you see like earlier in the, um, it was 2017 in the baseball season when Adam Jones from the uh, Baltimore Orioles was in Baltimore, uh, was in Boston uh, at Fenway. And they were hurling racial slurs at him. And he basically came out in the media and was just like, dude, this city is effed up. But not only is it effed up, every single player in the uh, Major League Baseball that's African-American has warned me, watch out when you go to Boston. Like CC Sabathia for the Yankees was like, yeah, it's pretty commonly known that they're going to hurl the N-word at you. And like, that's not an uncommon thing. That's not just like one or two random racist people. That's a habitual thing in Boston. Yeah. Like when... Um, the Capitals beat the Bruins in Game 7 uh, a few years ago on a Joel Ward, one of the few African-American uh, hockey players. Joel Ward scored the game-winning goal, right? So what's all over Joel Ward's Twitter account when he gets uh, gets back to the locker room to celebrate you know, winning Game 7? N-word this, N-word that, all from Boston fans. Bill Russell, one of the most like beloved sports uh, players, uh, beloved athletes of all time in Boston history, his house was broken into and people like you spray paint and wrote on his walls N word, go home. He lived in Boston. <laughs> the city is racist against its own players. Like he helped like, them win a crap ton of championships. More, yeah. They have like 80 championships, man. Like it's, people need to watch that movie 42. Think, yeah. Right. Like it just, it's, it's crazy to me to think that like, fandom has gotten to this point but that's the thing is it's apparently it's always been like this 
and it, it just is like it's kind of disgusting and like it was the, it's the same thing with being a washington fan and that's why i have such a hard time with my conscience with it is the team essentially has a racist name and like how can i in good conscience tell my son hey we don't call people bad names oh but hey let's go ahead and throw on your washington derogatory slurs jersey and root for this team it just it it didn't make logical sense and like the concept of well let's just do it because it's it's um tradition it just doesn't work for me like i'm not i'm not one of those people that just does things just because you're supposed to and like it's it sucks because i love football and like it, it really I'm does very like, happy. Team, like, the team i'm very like, happy yeah. my team does not have that sort of baggage <laughs> right your team also doesn't have a horrible stadium it doesn't have a, a napoleon-esque um owner who treats all the fans like crap, uh, who charges $40 for parking and um, sues fans who can't pay for their um, season tickets because they are in the middle of uh, kidney failure. You know, fun stuff. Nice stuff. He's a good guy. Yeah, they treat the fans well. They treat the city well and everything. That No, it's just, I don't know. We implode. We play the level of our competition. Like I said, everything, every all the woes the Steelers have are between the ears on the field. Yeah. And and then yeah. sometimes some nonsense off the field. That's usually individual basis. Like the team as a whole, like you're yeah. you're never gonna have a spy gate with the Steelers. But what you're gonna have with yeah. the Steelers is one individual player doing something dumb and I don't know, getting arrested for marijuana possession, getting arrested for driving around <laughs> while having marijuana. Bat having a Eden yeah. Park bathrooms. Like- <laughs> it might not have been Eaton Park, but <laughs> it's funny to say but, that but, because it's Pittsburgh. <laughs> but wouldn't it? But wouldn't it have been? I mean, yeah. wouldn't it have been? Couldn't you just imagine Ben being like, "Hey, uh, can I get a little, a uh, little extra something with my smiley face cookie there?" All right, <laughs> slapping a waitress on the ass and being like, "Hey, thanks, thanks for the good service." And like, they want to get mad and they want to feel offended, but they're like, "It's Big Ben." I don't know. Should I make a big deal? They're in the playoffs right now. I'll let it go. Like if they, if they lose this next game, I'm saying something. I mean, it's just in his defense, they have a salad bar. He heard bar <laughs> thought, you know, it's, you know how it goes. <laughs> I heard it was all you can eat broccoli cheese soup tonight. <laughs> I thought that was your nickname. I don't know what to tell you. Oh my God. Uh, I love eating park. I, <laughs> There's, there's really no reason that I would ever want to move north, Steve, uh, just because, you know, it's cold and it snows more in your area than it does down here. But Eaton Park has is, is, is almost tipped the scales a couple of times. I, I'm not going to lie. Get an all-wheel drive vehicle <laughs> so you can get up here with yeah. clam chowder. That's all I'm going to say. There you go. There it is. Um, I, you know what team it, I've – okay, so – I catch I catch hell for this sometimes because a lot of sports fans and again I think it's a toxic sports attitude to have. They're like you have one team and that's it. Okay, well what if your team has a racist name? What if your owner treats uh, the players and all of the fans like crap and runs it like a business and basically is just only interested in making money? Uh, case in point, Mr. Snyder will actually set up ticket packages with the other opposing teams. So for instance, the Giants, the Eagles your Steelers, he'll set up packages with that team so that their fans can come down to FedEx Field, get premium tickets, 
get a nice little package deal with like a hotel so that the home field advantage is essentially completely negated because most Washington games are about 60-40. 60 being Washington fans, 40% being the other team's fans. Like it's not even, there's no other team. Think of any other team in the league that does this and it doesn't, like nobody, it does not happen to them. But that's because Snyder is only interested in making money. And like, it's, it's disgusting. And like, it, it makes me want to, it makes me want to find a new team. So talking about that, um, the, the show yeah. Golic and Wingo in the, in, on ESPN in the mornings, um, yeah. they were talking about if you were like a sports star, like if you, no, not a sports star, if you were someone who is just ridiculously wealthy, like we're talking like multiple billionaire yeah. kind of thing. Um, and you yeah. could do any thing that's just blowing your money sports related what would you do and they were talking about like oh i would go to like augusta and like rent out the course or whatever stuff like that and i thought was like instantly all right steelers have like a huge uh away game at baltimore i would just buy all the tickets and then it's just effectively not a home game for them anymore (laughs) like i would just buy all the tickets and just give them away for free to pittsburgh fans yeah i would I, I would buy the Washington football franchise. I would change their name. I would build a new stadium. Um, and I would run it correctly. Like, that's... That's, that's well, what fine. I would do. You want to be all calculating and, like that. Yeah. It, it stinks when you have to think, man, I would buy my favorite sports team because I, the person with no experience owning a sports team, would be a better owner than the guy who's currently there. Like, it's... <laughs> It's just, it's, it's so, it's so ridiculous. And like, it's, it's to the point, like, okay, I've been, again, I've been a football fan for years and, um, growing up and having a not so good Washington football team to root for. And I started playing football. I appreciated other teams more too. And I, I would like the teams that had like, had some spirit to them. And like a perfect example is the Jacksonville Jaguars. When they came into the league, it was the Panthers and the Jaguars. And most people went towards the Panthers just because like, I don't know why, Um, but I was, yeah, I I would, yeah, I I would tend to agree, but I always liked the Jaguars. And the reason I liked the Jaguars was because of one guy and his name was Mark Brunel. Yeah. Um, he was, he was a lefty, which is rare for quarterbacks. Um, and I'm a lefty too. So like, we kind of just gravitate towards each other. Like Steve Young too. Steve Young is one of my favorites because he was a lefty as well. Um, but the Jaguars made that like in their second year, they made their first AFC championship. They made that run. So I've always had kind of a soft spot in my heart for the Jaguars. And like, I kind of, now I'm getting to a point where like, if I choose to start watching football again, I might be a Jaguars fan because like being a Patriots fan, like I still root for the team, but like, it's not cool anymore, man. They've won so many championships. I just don't care. Like what's another Super Bowl at this point? You know, <laughs> It was cool. It was cool in in two thousand one when they won against the Rams right after nine eleven. That was awesome. And like winning two more uh, in the next subsequent three years, that was really cool too. But it just it, it's not the same anymore. And like, I kind of want to root for the Jaguars because I like this concept of seeing this team that was three and thirteen in two thousand sixteen turn around and make a ten and six in two thousand seventeen, and was essentially what a couple plays away from the Super Bowl. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean that's the kind of team that I would that I want to root for, and like the the owner seems like he's the kind of guy. He seems like he's a weirdo, actually, like like a, in a good way. Like he seems like a crazy oh, yeah. fun guy. Yeah, like he reminds me a little bit of of like a Middle Eastern version of Mark Cuban, <laughs> like like kind of crazy, but also kind of genius. You're just like, is he nuts or is he like is he like crazy like a fox? You know, like or is it both? 
Like, you never know which yeah, one you're getting. Like, is this something that's, like, exactly. super smart, or is he, like, uh, just crazy right now? Yeah, like uh, Patches O'Houlihan from, uh, from Dodgeball. <laughs> yeah. That's who yeah. owns the Jaguars from now on in my brain. Yeah. Patches O'Houlihan. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and, and Sandy and I have talked a lot in recent years about potentially moving to Florida just because, like, for what we could buy a house in Florida, like let's, let's take, let's take a square a house. That's 1200 square foot here in, in Virginia, right? A house like that in this area is going to cost easily 300,000, if not more in Florida, we can get that same house for 150,000. And guess what? No taxes in Florida. So it's like, it just, and, and it, it's not cold. We wouldn't have to shovel any snow. Yeah, you just have, like, uh, every couple of years, it just gets destroyed by a hurricane guy by another one. Hey, but you know what? That's why you have insurance. You know, <laughs> I do know it's, it's cool. It, you, of course you do. We all know because that's what responsible adults have is insurance. It would be fine, you know, and I'd come, you know, we'd come visit you while they're rebuilding our house <laughs> in Florida so, and we'd go to Eaton Park a lot. It would, it's a, it's a whole process. Dude. Yeah. You wouldn't come visit you. me. You'd come visit Eaton Park and, and visit me like you're visiting, you know, a local <laughs> hotspot. Hey, Steve, while we're in town uh, to visit Eaton Park, you want to yeah, hang we out can, or something? We can take a couple hours and hang out in between meals. <laughs> Sir, you, you, you stayed for lunch. Are you going to stay for dinner? Yeah, just go ahead and just change the plates. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's just do this a whole day thing. Okay? You just, you're, you're only up muffin, for a right? week and you start knowing all of the waiters and waitresses by first name. <laughs> hey, Kim, how's the kids? Guys. Oh. Johnny's growing. I guess you guys are out of the you're out of the cranberry orange muffins, aren't you? Yeah. Could you could you put another batch? Yeah. Thanks. You know me. You, know, <laughs> you guys are the best. Putting my name on the smiley face cookies. I'm okay with this. Oh man. So, all this being said, um, about all the ills and problems that we have with football in general, are you even going to watch the Super Bowl? Yeah, I will. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I still. I would still like the Patriots to win because I don't want another Pennsylvania team winning. And I, I'm, I'm going to root for the team that my brother supports if my team's not in it. You know, I still have a family rooting interest for him. So, you know, yeah. why wouldn't I? Um, and it'll be interesting. I mean, we have an interest in the sense, too, that, uh, you know, if they if the Patriots do end up winning, they tie us. So, yeah. I, don't, I don't mean, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag for me. I don't know. I, it's one of those games where you watch and you go, like, Hey, maybe like the lights will go out or something, and they'll cancel the Super Bowl, and both teams get a loss somehow, like some kind of weird backwards phenomenon. I don't know, like you know what I mean. Some some clause in the rule book yeah. that we never knew about. Yeah. Hey, if it, hey, it turns out if a cow and a pig cross the fifty yard line before the third quarter, um, both teams lose. Didn't know that. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Some old yeah. rule that was in like the original yeah. rule book from like the nineteen twenties that through a loophole never got removed and somehow there's a way for both teams to lose. I would be okay with that. But since that's not the yeah. case, I don't know. I'm just going to support my brother's team, I guess. I don't, I don't, I, I don't really, I, it's a, it's a no win situation for a Steelers. Fan. Yeah. So I'm, I'm torn. And the reason I'm torn is because again, I mean, the Patriots are like my second team. Like I've been rooting for them for as long. I mean, gosh, is as long as I've been able to grow hair on my face, I've, I've liked the Patriots. Um, but I'm not a big fan of of the of the um, the leader in the clubhouse, so to speak. You know, like everybody expects the Patriots to win all the time. And as I was mentioning before, it's gotten kind of old. And 
I would like them to win just because I like I, I like Tom Brady as a person. I think that he's a, a decent dude and he's an incredible competitor. And if any team is going to be the best of all time, I would rather it be them than the Cowboys. So let's just be yeah. honest, okay? Um, so if they won, I would be happy. But I would also, this is how I know I'm an adult. I would also be happy if Philadelphia won because one, I have one of my favorite, like two of my favorite cousins, like that are, that are practically like brother and sister to me, um, grew up in the Philly area. So they're huge Eagles fans. So I would like to see them happy. I have a lot of friends that are Eagles fans. So I would like to see them happy too. But also too, you know what I would love more than anything else is I would love to be able to see Philly fans tell every single Cowboys and Giants and Washington fan who tells them, well, you guys have never won a Super Bowl. They could just tell them to shove it (laughs) because it would just be nice for them not to have that to hold over Philly's head anymore. It would be interesting if Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. It reminds me of when I was a kid. I was little. I was like six when the Reds or the, I almost said the name. Um, when Washington beat uh, Denver in the Super Bowl, um, they just they destroyed him. It was 42, 42 to 10. Um, but Doug Williams was the quarterback uh, for the Super Bowl, but he was not the starter for the entire season. It was a guy named Jay Schrader, but Jay Schrader got hurt. And then when he came back from injury, um, the Reds, the Washington had won a couple of games in a row. And Joe Gibbs was like, I'm sticking with, with Doug Williams because he's the hot hand right now. And Jay Schrader got all bent out of shape and pissed and like ended up getting traded to the Raiders um, the next the season. The Schraders. The Schraders. Um, but yeah, like that was – that's the only other time I can think of a backup quarterback leading a team into the Super Bowl and then doing well. So it would kind of be cool to see this Napoleon Dynamite lookalike lead the <laughs> Eagles to a Super Bowl. It would be kind of cool. Well, frankly, if you – if you're a fan of underdogs, like if you say, oh, I root for the underdog, um, yeah. there's zero, zero reason to root for the Patriots and a thousand million percent to root for the Eagles because Nick Foles, yeah, exactly. the Eagles as a franchise, never winning a Super Bowl, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I've never, I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the movie Rocky, but I've never been a big guy with the underdog. Like I like a team that just, they know how to do it. They do yeah. it better than anyone else and they're just constantly winning. Like, I'm always of the belief, yeah. like, hey, if you have a problem with it, do something to stop it. You know, I, yeah. I'm not going to give you the benefit of the doubt just because you're the underdog and it would be a better story. Like, what about all the hard work yeah. that the really, really good team put in? And just because it's a yeah. miracle fluke play, like, I, I take my Cinderella's and my underdogs in March Madness basketball. Thank you very much. When it comes yeah. to professional sports, I want the team that's the best and has worked the freaking hardest to be the one that gets it because. Yeah. It's like justice. It's they, They're the one who deserves it. And if the Patriots are that team, then so be it. Okay. Yeah, I can I can dig that, man. I mean, it makes, that makes sense. Um, and again, too, I mean, the only reason that I would, I would really want to see an Eagles Super Bowl is, is really just so that they can shut everybody else up. They keep saying something about it. You but just want to watch them at burn the same that time city too. down. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's it's so burning down. Climbing up Chris like, phone or uh, light poles. <laughs> Exactly, like having like knee pads on that have like, I don't even know, like what would negate Crisco? It would have like I'm trying to think. Oh, I'd have to have magnets on it so that it just like like attaches to the metal and like climb up that way, like something out of like Mission Impossible. It, it would if they win, it would be a nightmare for those yeah. police. It, I almost wonder, would it though? Like because they they get pretty rambunctious 
But at the same time, too, there might be like a certain like almost like sigh of relief. Like the city, the city won a championship. They won uh, the Phillies in 2008, won the World Series and the city didn't burn down. Um, and the Phillies have been around longer than the Eagles have. So it's I don't know. I mean, well, I guess we'll see. Uh, it's we'll, I, we'll we'll either see or we won't. I mean, one way or the other. Um, it's it's interesting though because you mentioned something, and this is going to segue directly into our next topic. But we'll take a quick break here before uh, we get into it. Uh, but we'll tease it here a little bit. Um, so you talked about the hard work, and you talked about how it shouldn't just be somebody who's anointed, or it shouldn't make for the better story. We talked about one of our favorite franchises, and that's Star Wars. And one of the things that bothered us was when they introduced the concept of midichlorians. Basically, essentially saying like, oh, well, the only way for you to be a Jedi is to have this special magical blood, and there's no way that hard work or anything like that has to do with that. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about that in the sense that like, I feel what Ryan Johnson has done with the new movie, with Last Jedi, it's kind of changed a little bit of that. So we'll be talking about The Last Jedi and our thoughts, because we haven't talked about it yet here, what me and you actually thought after seeing the movie uh, on the airwaves here. So stay by, stand by. Give us a couple minutes here as we reset everything. We'll come back. Uh, we'll talk a little Last Jedi, and then we'll also talk about the things that we're watching on TV right now. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs> 